Good morning, church. Hallelujah. After the time of worship, let us now open our heart to the Word of God. And today, I want to speak to you about being single-minded. At the end, we will celebrate communion together. So please have your bread and your grape juice ready. So, being single-minded. No, I'm not talking about making up your mind to be single instead of married. No, no, no. Uh, Instead, I'm talking about making up your mind not to be distracted from what is really important for the child of God. (laughs) Have you ever left home to go out? And then when you get to your car, you realize you have forgotten something inside the house and you have to go back? (laughs) What about when you go to your your kitchen, your your workshop, your office or bedroom. And and then you wonder what you came to do there. (laughs) If I happen to you, I know what you're thinking. That comes with age, (laughs) but it's not so. It happens because often there is so much going on in our minds that we get distracted. You get distracted. Life is so busy. We created all sorts of gadgets and equipment to make life easier for us. And now we are victims of our creations. We are bombarded with information connected to people on social media continually. There is so much that life demands from us that is difficult to concentrate on any one thing for very long. Now, in the middle of all this, the Lord speaks to us about our priorities. Listen to the words of Jesus. He spoke these words 2,000 years ago, and yet they are as relevant today as they were then, perhaps even more so. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. You hear about it every day, don't we? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else He'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Listen to that last phrase. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and your selfish desires and pleasures. You cannot live for God and for yourself at the same time. You cannot live for God and for 25 other priorities at the same time. The focus of this passage is being single-minded. 
Are you going to live your life focused on the things of the earth or on eternal things, the things of heaven? You've got to focus on one thing or the other. And Jesus calls us to focus on one thing, His kingdom. He wants that to be our focus. With so many distractions around us, it is possible that we lose focus on the most important thing in our lives, which is the kingdom of God. In this passage, Jesus discusses our focus on his kingdom from three different angles. He talks about being single-minded about one treasure, about one focus, and about one master. Let's look at each of them. Number one, one treasure. This is verses 19 and 21, uh, which says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are these treasures of the earth he is talking about? The treasures of the earth are those things we collect from this world. They are the things we accumulate for ourselves out of this world. These are the toys that, that we collect. These are the things that we work our whole lives for to try and find satisfaction. Without these things, we feel we are not complete. They're signs of status, medals of wealth, proving we have something nobody else has. The treasures of the earth bring us temporary satisfaction and happiness. Well, what are the treasures of heaven then? The treasures of heaven can't be gauged by your bank account statement. The treasures of heaven can't be measured by what's in your garage or backyard. The treasures of heaven are what we accumulate by investing in the kingdom of God. It's putting that money in the offering for the building of God's kingdom. It's investing your time telling people about Jesus. It's not about collecting toys, but collecting souls. It's not investing in the things that the world values, but investing in the things that God values. We can't take it with us, but we can send it ahead of us. The treasures of heaven are those things that will last forever. Your heart is where your treasure is. Jesus says a kingdom citizen doesn't treasure the things of the world. It doesn't mean that the earthly things are not important to them or that they don't need it. No, it simply means that the things of the world have less value than the eternal things to kingdom citizens. The things of the earth are only temporary. The moth eats it, the rust eats it, or somebody steals it. Everything of this earth and everything on this earth is moving towards decay, <laughs> including you. 
It's a law of nature. Everything tends to chaos and decay. All of that stuff will get old or you will get old and it will be of no value to you. We've seen in this pandemic how people have let go of things they thought were valuable to embrace things which are more valuable than those material things. When you are five minutes from death, what's going to matter most? You can't take your toys with you. A child of God has more important matters to consider. Jesus says, a kingdom citizen makes deposits in heaven. The things of the kingdom and of heaven are eternal. Moths can't get to it. Rust can't get to it. And no thief will ever get close to it. The treasures of heaven are spiritual in nature. And only one who is born again can accumulate these treasures. So where is your heart? What are the most important investments of your life right now? Where are you spending your time, your money, your resources? Nothing shows the heart more than how we invest our resources. Whatever you treasure the most is where your heart is. Do you desire the things of this world? Or do you desire the things of God? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Number two, one focus. That's in verse 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The eyes are the window to the soul. What we look upon and desire drives what we invest in and what we do. The treasures we pursue affect everything about us. Our spiritual eyes either let in light or they let in darkness. Our spiritual eyes could be said to be the focus of our lives. Amen? Good eyes let in light. Good eyes look upon the things of God. The person who has good eyes is focused on building the kingdom of God. We study His Word to know His will. We attend church to be taught the Word of God and to have fellowship with other believers. And even during a pandemic when we cannot always gather, we still remain connected watching our services online and having fellowship via calls and, and social media. We see the needs of people and meet them unselfishly, like so many of you have done. Our focus is the same as the Lord's, which is the enlargement of His kingdom. We want to enlarge His kingdom. Our focus drives our every step. When our focus is the same as the Lord's, 
We are living in His light and He will guide our steps. Bad eyes, they bring darkness. Bad eyes or eyes that are evil have no vision for the things of God. This person only has self as his or her focus. They live in a little world that only involves themselves. All that they pursue is for the almighty me. (laughs) They only see their will and their needs as a driving force. Their focus is narrow and the light is dim. Jesus says, the light they think they have is really darkness. Self-centered, self-focused people are really in great darkness. So what is your focus? What is the focus of your life right now? What drives you to, to live, to work, to study today? Is your focus self-centered? When people are self-centered and have failure, their lives are devastated. The darkness that they have in their hearts overcomes them and they cannot comprehend. But people who are God-centered and God-focused are not hindered by obstacles. Listen, people led by God also experience obstacles and failures sometimes. We all live in this same fallen world. (laughs) But people focused on God know that they are pursuing God's will. And God's will will never be hindered. They are in the light. They can truly see things the way that they are and the way that things will be. Amen. Then the third area that the Lord wants us to be single-minded in is this. Number three. One master, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. No one can be completely loyal to more than one master. Sooner or later, later, the orders of one are going to conflict with the other. Trying to follow Two masters will end up in a mess. Nothing will be accomplished for either master. So Jesus pushes us to the point of deciding who our master is. He gives us two choices. Choice number one, money, accumulating stuff and earthly treasures that can be your master. We can decide to chase the things that this world offers. The world can offer us great and awesome things. We can work more hours and collect more stuff. We can accumulate stocks and investments and cars and trucks. We can buy one of everything that we see on TV. We can make it our lives go to have more of everything than everybody else. We can forget or ignore the kingdom of God and his good and perfect will for us. We can serve the master of this world, the ego. Our master may lead us to get the most of everything we see before we die. (laughs) But then we just die and nothing goes with you. Choice number two is serving the Lord and accumulating treasures in heaven. That can be your master. We can decide to throw ourselves into the work of the Lord 
We can chase the things of God. We can pursue a holy life, a life that is pleasing to the Lord. We can invest ourselves in things that will make a difference for all eternity. We can submit to the one who knows all and sees all. So, who is your master? Who are you serving today? Are you serving this world and your desires? Or are you serving God, the God of all creation? If your master is the things of the world, what are the rewards? What does your master have to offer you? You see, Jesus Christ offers you a life free of the guilt of sin. Jesus Christ offers you a life that can really and truly make a difference. It is not a life free from difficulties, but it is a life which has meaning and purpose. Listen, eternal meaning and purpose. Jesus offers a life that never ends and ultimately only gets better because our future <laughs> is in His presence. As we take communion now, let us renew again our commitment to remain single-minded about following Jesus, single-minded about living for the kingdom of God, single-minded about living for and according to His principles. Amen? Communion reminds us that Jesus was single-minded about His life and mission on the earth. He came to do His Father's will. Isaiah, writing prophetically about the suffering of Jesus, said the following, Isaiah 50, verses 6 and 7. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. See, as we read this passage, we are reminded that this is exactly what happened to Jesus, isn't it? Jesus knew that this was part of his destiny. It was part of the plan of salvation for mankind. He was not distracted by anything. He remained focused. That phrase, I have set my face like a flint, is the figure of speech that the prophet uses to describe the Messiah's unwavering determination to persevere in the excruciating task set before him. Jesus remained single-minded in spite of the many challenges that could distract him and detract him from his mission. He remained focused, aren't you glad? He endured the pain. And as the verse says, he was not ashamed. 
He died, but rose on the third day. His shame, the turning to victory, into glory. He is alive today, hallelujah, and will return in power to rule the earth. And so let us remember this right now as we take part in communion. Amen. Let us pray for the bread. Lord Jesus, thank you for the example you set. You were single-minded. And because of that, today we have a Savior. Today we've got the boldness to come before Father God in prayer and in fellowship. Thank you for your broken body, Lord Jesus, so that we who are so many and scattered could become one, one body in you, dear Lord. Thank you for this bread. We remember, Lord, what you did for us as we partake. Amen. Take and eat. Jesus knew he was going to suffer. The cup reminds us of the blood that Jesus poured. But he stayed single-minded. And sometimes we may go through difficulties as well. Maybe because we are Christians, our worldview, our commitment to God, our beliefs may get the world to be against us, may cause us some discomfort and pain. Life itself causes discomfort and pain. Maybe right now you are going through some discomfort and pain. Like Jesus, let's draw our strength from Him. And as we have communion, Let's again make that commitment. We will be single-minded. This life is passing. Eternity is forever. I choose to be with Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for the blood that was shed for our salvation. And we pray, Lord, as we partake of this cup of blessing, I pray, Lord, for those that need healing, that you touch their bodies right now, Lord God. We pray against sickness, infirmity, disease, Lord God. We pray for those that need a touch of encouragement, that need hope, that need an injection of new life. Lord, bless your people today, Lord, as we partake of the cup, the cup of blessing, Lord God. And remember that you pay the price for all our sins and iniquities, sickness, infirmities, Lord. So thank you for your restoration, Lord as we take of the cup now, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the cup of blessing, amen. Hallelujah, amen. Brothers and sisters, let us remain single-minded about the kingdom of God. May our lives be blessed by Him and be a blessing to others as we follow Him and His ways. Amen. And as I close today, I want to close with the blessing of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. In other words, single-minded. <laughs> Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain 
in the Lord. Amen. God bless you. See you next Sunday.